0: Welcome to ASRM Today, a podcast that takes a deeper dive into the current topics in reproductive medicine. I'm Jeffrey Hayes, and today on the show, we are talking about all things diversity, equity, and inclusion. Returning guest, I am happy to announce and always thrilled to have on the show, Dr. Gloria Richard Davis. How are you? I'm great, Jeff. How are you? I'm doing good. Are you staying warm? Is it it an impossible task? (laughs) Yeah,
1: I saw a meme the other day that said it was kind of like the the weather got saying winter is coming all in one week. <laughs> That's
0: right. That's what it feels like. Exactly. We were we were commiserating here today at the uh, ASRM office in Birmingham about that this has been the longest week from Monday to Friday that we've had in quite some time because it's been a, a mixture of being at the office and then being homebound and then being back at the office again you know just uh, I know. Uh, just crazy the way it works with our brains it is it's just
1: insane
0: to go from one to the other right yes all these extremes while i have you on the show today i want to ask you a couple questions i want to start with going back to, uh, because we talked a little bit, we talked actually a good deal before the annual meeting in New Orleans this year. And folks, if you want to go back and listen to that show, that's currently available for everyone back in early October. Now that we've had some time looking back at the 2023 conference, there was a lot of new research that was presented that reflected the challenges faced by underrepresented populations and in, in accessing reproductive health care, the systematic biases within the field and the opportunities for improving diversity, equity and inclusion in these critical areas. And what are some takeaways that have, have, have people have communicated to you? Was there was there a lot of talk at the conference? What what was that? How did how did that all turn out?
1: Yeah, I mean, it really was an exciting conference, uh, as you pointed out, a lot of of information that was shared, um, data. And we also had our first postgraduate course yes. that we hosted, which was uh, Reproductive Injustice, the Past, the Present, and Opportunities for Change. So Dr. Uh, Tori. Como Plowden and Amanda Adelaide and myself were the uh, faculty in that course. And it it was very well received. We had, um, I don't remember the exact number, but we had quite a few people who signed up for the course. And the content of the course was really looking back at history, the context, the historical context in which our healthcare system is based upon. And why do we see the existing structural racism within our system, the policies, the governmental policies that really support it, and in many ways continues to support some of the inequities that we see within our system. So we talked about that. And then we talked about current day, things that we see with regards to women of color and their experience. In reproductive medicine, as well as some potential ways that we can improve upon that, improve upon the experience, improve upon the outcomes as well. And that was kind of the continuing theme across many of the presentations and abstracts that were presented that really highlighted um, some of the diversity, equity, and inclusion focus. That we see occurring in reproductive medicine.
0: Have you received feedback from people that had, that have attended the course? Was it did it seem to be absolutely. really well received? Yeah,
1: Ab- absolutely. They were really excited to be able to have that conversation because it's generally not something you know you're in your day to day practice, right? Mm-hmm. And it's not something that usually elevates in day to day practice. Now, what I do know is that there are. More of the large practices that are really looking at their database and drilling down to look at the outcomes with women of color who enter care from their perspective. How many of them discontinue care? How many of them actually, when they enter care, continue and convert to active cycles? Right. Because the things that we know from the current literature is that there is one, there's a delay in entering care. The access is not equitable, even in the states where we have mandated care and that women of color tend to leave care. Right. Much of it is linked to the experience that they have with fertility centers, the perhaps cultural stigma and lack of support that occurs. And so, you know, really addressing those issues at multiple levels becomes very critical.
0: Do you feel good then about the level of what this type of course brought for awareness as far as stimulating conversation or to get people thinking maybe a little bit, you know, more about such things?
1: Yeah, Absolutely you know and i and i do think that the conversations have been ongoing but i think they have been amplified right mm-hmm. amplified in courses like the one that we supported in conversations and the work that we're doing with the DEI working committee right along with i've been really excited about some of the work that we are doing with our mentoring program to diversify the reproductive medicine workforce. We have been supported in that by Serono. And that's been really exciting. And we're also doing work with Fairing in the patient care space. So we've got a lot of exciting things that are that are coming down the pipeline.
0: Along those lines, then, you know, the Diversity, Equity, and Inclusion Committee. What is going on along with what you just mentioned?
1: So we have the two subcommittees. Committee one really focuses on diversifying the workforce. Committee two looks at the patient experience. And so committee two really has the responsibility of looking at ASRM's patient-facing pamphlet, brochure information, and viewing it with an equity lens and giving ASRM feedback on that. Right? as well as when we are looking at the project with fairing, we have done 73 interviews of lived experience, particular black women, right? And what are they saying about those experiences? So we're capturing that, and that will be able to inform, right? Some of the recommendations that we make to practices in order to change the culture and the environment that women experience when they step into those environments, right? Mm -hmm. One of which, you know, when you think about it, from the front office to the back office, right, every touch point of that patient's care has an impact. And we're creating cultural humility modules with fairing, that we hope to be able to launch and, and actually distribute two practices for their entire care team to address some of the things that we've learned from these lived experiences and what kind of modifications might they make to create a, a culture of more belonging that the patients feel comfortable in and that hopefully we will be able to increase access, but also more importantly, to retain patients in care. Because one of the things that, you know, that as a practicing REI I used to say to my patients is, don't stop short of success, right? We already know it's very frustrating for individuals, for couples. And so anything that we can do to bring a sense of comfort to that environment helps them stay in care and stay long enough to be successful in achieving their dreams of parenthood
0: absolutely i don't want to hold you too long today is there anything you are working that you would like to share
1: so our steering committee i mentioned our mentoring program mm-hmm. so the idea behind the mentoring program is to really engage OBGYN residents in programs across the country that are not necessarily affiliated with REI fellowship programs, to raise awareness of REI as a career and opportunities within that career pathway. So we've created this virtual platform and we have recruited medical students and actually residents from around the country. So we've launched this series of lectures, didactic lectures, to engage uh, our learners. We had our first one on Wednesday night, Dr. Mike Simone, who did a fantastic job, right? Friend of, of the t- show, yes. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I know. Uh, but, you know, did a fantastic job of of really giving the students and the residents a high level view of what are the career paths, what are the career options for those of us who enter reproductive endocrinology and infertility as a profession. And, you know, talking about everything from private practice to academics and the aspects that you might wanna focus on in your career, the students and residents were really very engaged, asked important questions And we had other faculty and fellowship directors that were signed on that was able to answer those questions as well. And I've already gotten responses from some of the attendees of how much information they took away from that and how important it is to be able to have those resources. So we hope to continue the series. We've kind of laid out um, a curriculum that will cover Everything from uh, professional uh, career planning, mentoring, sponsoring. How do you optimize mentorship as a learner? And then the topics that are oftentimes taught in REI that when you think about our education in OBGYN, REI does not get a lot of playtime. Let's be honest. Mm -hmm. Our residents may not even get to REI rotations until their junior or senior year. If they have any interest in fellowship, that's too late. That's way too late. So, you know, so we're trying to elevate that conversation earlier in the career trajectory so that we can pique their interest. And if they are interested, that they know what's necessary to build a competitive application for our fellowship programs. And we have had, you know, with the Sirono grant, we have our DEI fellow. Mm -hmm. And so last year, our fellow was uh, Lauren Gibbs from Morehouse School of Medicine, OBGYN resident. I'm happy to say she successfully matched in her fellowship at Robert Wood Johnson. So she will be starting in July and we're hoping to continue that track of of success for the other participants in our program
0: absolutely i, I i'm thrilled to hear all of these updates i mean this just it's just exciting you know yeah. it's an exciting time and i i'm sure that 2024 is as it's sounding is is shaping up to be just as intriguing and and, and i i want to have you back on a course uh, when we talk a little bit later this year as we get closer to conference time and and yes. maybe we can, you yes. know, unveil some
1: some um, things, some surprises that are going yes. to that are going and, to happen. Absolutely. And we're already planning for our 2024 uh, Denver. Yes, Denver. Annual conference. So we're excited, you know, at last year's ASRM. We hosted programs for the local college students, mm-hmm. local medical students, and the residency program that ASRM hosts every year, You know the Keepers program. So we were involved in that. And we're looking forward to doing the same thing in Denver, uh, is engaging those local college students, medical students, et cetera. Now, Denver's, well, Colorado's population is a little bit different from New Orleans, obviously. So, you know, so it's going to provide an opportunity for us to more engage our Hispanic students and our Native American students, because that's a, a larger percentage of the population of Colorado. Wonderful, wonderful. Well, I don't want to keep you anymore today.
0: I thank you so much for your time. My guest today has been Dr. Gloria Richard Davis, returning champion, as it were, uh, here on the ASRM Today podcast. Dr. Richard Davis, thank you so much. Jeff, always a pleasure. Thank you. Fantastic. And of course, please give us feedback. You can email me, asrm at asrm.org. Rate, subscribe, do whatever you want to do with the podcast through Apple, Google. We're available everywhere, as always. And until next time, I'm Jeffrey Hayes, and this is ASRM Today. This concludes this episode of ASRM Today. For show notes, author information, and discussions, go to asrmtoday.org. This material is copyrighted by the American Society for Reproductive Medicine and may not be reproduced or used without express consent from ASRM. ASRM Today series podcasts are supported in part by the ASRM Corporate Member Council. The information and opinions expressed in this podcast do not necessarily reflect those of ASRM and its affiliates. These are provided as a source of general information and are not a substitute for consultation with a physician.